With Hashem's help, we are learning Soite Daf Yud Aleph. We left off on Daf Yud Ahmed Beis, two lines from the bottom of the Ahmed. We are continuing to learn about Avshalom. And as the Gemara is going to point out, Avshalom either did not have any worthy children, or Avshalom lost his children. And Avshalom felt a tremendous urgency in making for himself a legacy. And being that he felt that his children either aren't or they aren't worthy of, he built for himself a monument during his life. So says the Gemara, quoting the Pasik Avshalom Lokach, that Avshalom took Bayatsev Leibachayov and he erected it for himself during his life. And the question is, why does the Torah have to write the word Lokach? Avshalom took, Avshalom erected a monument. My that he took a bad decision for himself. And as we'll see in a moment. And then it says, that he took the monument. That's the literal meaning of Amatseva. That he made in the valley of the king. Says Rabchanina Bar Papa, don't only translate. Emek Hamelech as the valley of the king, but Be'emek also alludes to Be'etza Amuka Shomalkiya that there is this grand master plan of the king of the world, and that's called the real depth, the depths of everything, and his building for, his, for himself a monument. This was part of Hashem's large master plan. In other words, it wasn't his decision to make for himself a monument, there was really something much greater playing out. And turning to Dafyud Aleph, this is as we find that Hinani make him Olecha Rami Beisecha, that David HaMelech was told, was foretold that due to his failing with Batsheva, bad, evil will come up from his household. However, which one of his household members would be the representation of this Ra'a that's something that was up to freedom of choice. But when Avshalom made his bad choices, it wasn't only that he made a terrible choice, he made a rebellion against his father. It's as if he became the Matseva. He became the monument to the words of the prophet that is, that something bad is going to come up against Dovar HaMelech as a result of his failing with Batsheva. And we find something similar, that when it says... In the beginning of Parshas Vayeshev, that Vayishlocheyu me'emek chevrin, that Yaakov Avinu sent Yosef Atzadik to go look up on his brothers. So it says he sent him from the Emek, from the valley of Chevron. Chevron is not a valley, so therefore, sure, Emek means on that said Rabchanina Bar Papa that Be'etza Amuka Shol Oisat Tzadik Shekaver BeChevron. That there is a grand master plan. That, result, that resulted of the tzaddik that is buried in Hebron. What tzaddik are we referring to? We are referring to Avram Avinu. Let's help him out find the page. Got to go all the way to the end. And, 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 and what was the master plan that is because of the tzaddik in Hebron? As the Medrash tells us that during the Brisbane Hapsodim, Hashem told Avram Avinu that you, you should choose for your descendants either Gehenim or Golos. And it was Avram Avinu that chose Golus over Gehenim. And because of his choice, Hashem foretold Avram Avinu that we will be slaves in a foreign land. 
And when did that start playing out? When Yaakov Avinu sent Yosef to visit up on his brothers, which ultimately led to his capture, to his sale, to him going down to Egypt, eventually everyone following him. As it says, Hashem told Avram Avinu that he should know that his children will become foreigners. All that is connected to Avram Avinu. So just like there, Me'emek means there is a grand master plan. It's not that Avshalom was building a physical matzeva. That too. But he became the monument for the words of the Navi. He was the Ra'a that happened in the life of Dover HaMelech. Now, why did Avshalom think he wants to make a monument? Because Kiyomar, because Avshalom said, Ainli Bain, I have no son. Asks the Gemara, Did Avshalom not have sons? And it says, That Avshalom had, it was born to Avshalom, three sons and one daughter. That means, That he didn't have a child worthy of kingdom didn't have a child worthy of kingdom, so he felt he needs a legacy. And he built a monument, and ultimately it led him to decide, I'm going to become the king. And that was his downfall. Rabbi Chizda Omar Gimidi, that we have a tradition, that whoever destroys property of his friend, literally whoever burns the, 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 the wheat of his friend, he will not leave a son to inherit it. In other words, yes, Absalom had children, but they died in his lifetime, which is why he decided to build for himself a monument. Now, what did he do? How did he burn his friend's wheat? That if Eyu Yoyov, he burnt down, the, burnt down the field that belonged to Yoyov. See, Absalom was expelled by his father from Yerushalayim. And when he returned, he very much wanted for his father to call him. His father didn't. So he decided that he is going to get to Yoyov who was David HaMelech's general and confidant, that Yoyev should convince David that David should call Avshalom. Yoyev didn't want to meet Avshalom, so he was upset. So, as it says, so Avshalom, wanting to get the attention of Yoyev, told his servants, Ru'u, take a look, that Chelkas Yoyev al Yodi, that uh, there is a part of Yoyev's field that, that is neighboring with mine. And Veloi Sham Soirim. And on my neighbor Yoyev's field, there is right now barley. Luchu go ba'esh and set it on fire, and that's what they did. And vayotzitzu avdei avsholim esachelka ba'esh, and they lit Yoyev's field with fire. And therefore, einam aniach bein liyarshay. So either he didn't have worthy children, or God, unfortunately, his children died during his lifetime. And now we go back to the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, that just like we have the concept of midah, kenegin midah, measure for measure, everything is precise, and we are the initiators, the same thing is also in the good. And the Mishnah went on to give an example of Miriam Hanaviyah, that she waited for Moshe Sha'achas, and all of the Jewish people waited for her seven days. Says the Gemara Midami. How are you comparing Midah Keneged Midah by bad to the Midah Keneged Midah by the good? Hasam over there by Miriam. How long did she wait for Moshe Rabbeinu? The Torah says, Chadoshat. The Mishnah says one hour. The Torah just says, Vateisatza Vachosim Erochik. Ledeya. But the, the Mishnah said it was one sha'a, one sha'a normally means one hour, and hachashiv yami, and here the Jewish people waited for her seven days. So we have something, this is the third time you have this in this Masechta. So Abaye amends the Mishnah. 
And Abayah says, The Mishnah really meant to say that when it comes to good, it's not like for bad. It's not Mida Keneged Mida. It's a lot more. And Rava rejects any emendations in the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, and it is the same by good. Not that it's different by good. That what you have to read in the Mishnah is that that when it comes to the reaction of Hashem for the good that we do, you have something which is of the same concept. Not in quantity, but in quality. Which is the that the same type of attribute that was used for the good. What did Miriam do for Moshe? What was the good? She waited. So Mida, Keneged Mida, we waited. I, the time is different, and the Hanami. But there is a similarity in the concept of Mida, Keneged Mida, and the quality of it, that, the, that what the, the type of good that we put out there is the type of good that Hashem will return to us. However, But really, when it comes to the quantity, the reaction that Hashem gives to us for our good is a lot more than for the bad. Because up until now, we learned in the Mishnah, it was Mamish, Mida, Keneged Mida. Right? It was measure for measure. By good, it's a lot more. Now, how much is a lot more? So it's one hour resulted in seven days. So Tosfos first gets a little bit technical. And Tosfos Cheshman is like this. That how many hours do you have in a week? Seven days. You have 168 hours. And there's a rule that the good that Hashem returns for the good that we do is 500 times. So he asks... That if, it's, if that's the case, for one hour, one hour is 168 hours, one week. But if you want to have 500 times, it needs to be three weeks, plus a drop. Right? 168 times three is 504. So Toysev's answer is, it must be, that's technical, that the one hour doesn't mean an hour. And that's good to know. Sha'a means a, a unit in time. It's around 20 minutes. He says 15, 20 minutes. He says 15, 20 minutes because 20 minutes would take a result in a... A week, a week is, I don't know, 20 minutes times seven days would be 504. So a little bit more than 500 times. Now, Teisus has a question, and his question is that how can we say that when it comes to the quantity, when we find that when the Meraglim went to Eretz Yisrael, what did Hashem do to us? Hashem said, for every day that they went, we are to remain in the desert for one year. Adarabah. There, it seems like the punishment wasn't Mida Keneged Mida, and it wasn't even 500 to 1. It was much more than that. Well, not exactly 500. It was, you know, one year is 365 days. But you get the question of Toysus. By Mida Ra, it's not measure per measure. And he stays with the question. I just want to suggest the following, that we learn in Hasidus that the, 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 the spies and those who fell in the trap of the spies, they really felt that it is better for them to stay in a more spiritual environment. And the kavan of Hashem is that we should dafka bring godliness into the lowly world. And that can only be affected when you move into a physical country and you work with the land, etc. So staying in the desert wasn't a punishment. It was the time that we needed to get so better connected to Hashem to finally realize that what God really wants it's for us to move out of the desert to go into Eretz Yisrael. You know, you have a nice, uh, there, there was a chassid, there was a rav. It was called the Poltava Rav, in the times of the Rebbe Rashab. That he was very hard on himself. He felt that his service is to uh, abstain from anything that is uh, physical. And he never slept in a bed. 
And for 30 years he slept on a bench. And being that he beat up on his body, so to say, it came a point in his older years that he felt that he's going to perhaps pass away a little bit earlier than he could have. So he said that 30 years sleeping on a bench is not worth one time putting on tefillin. And he said, I made a mistake. So Hasidim said that only a Hasid that sleeps on a bench for 30 years can realize that putting on tefillin one time is even greater than sleeping on a bench for 30 days. In other words, it took us 40 years to be in the desert with the avoid of davening and learning to realize that the real kavana is working in the land of Israel. But, but, and therefore, it's not really a punishment. It was the time that we needed to realize that. But when it comes to punishment, punishment, it's midah keneged midah. But when it comes for midah keneged midah by good, as we say over here, midah toivah merubah. Back in the Gemara. And we continue what it says, that Miriam was standing in the distance. That this entire Pasuk is really not only alluding to Miriam, of course, that also. It's also a reference to the Shekhinah itself that was waiting for Miriam. And every single word in this Pasuk is used in other places in Tanakh in reference to the Holy Shekhinah. She stood. Where do we find that word? As it says in Shmuel, the word etc. The word in this Pasuk also is a reference to the Shekhinah. As it says, speak to my sister, speak to wisdom, referring to Torah, that Achoisiat. No, there's no greater Shechina manifest in the Torah. The word, the word Lodaas, oh, very good. By Avram Avinu, he had the word sister. Lodaas, Dixiv, Kikel, Deus, Hashem. So there are two levels of Das. Why is Das Elian and Das Tachtoin? But Das is an allusion to the Shechina. Ma, right? Lodaas, Ma, Ye, Osoloi. So where do we find the word Ma in reference to the Shechina Dixiv? As it says, Mo, Hashem, Elikecha, Shoyel, Meimach, etc. Only to fear God. Ye, Oseh. Where do we find that word in the Shechina Dixiv? Kiloi, Yas, Hashem, Lekim, Dovar. And the final word, loy, right? That loy, and he called to it, Hashem, Shalom, Hashem, peace. Okay, now that we are, we went to Miriam, so now the Gemara is going to go into the story of Moshe Rabbeinu. So when it says, that it stood up a new king. So here we're going to what we learned, Rashi, quoting from this Gemara, Rav Shmuel. Chadamad, one of them, either Rav or Shmuel, normally the say that is Rav Shmuel, Chad v'chad, the first is the first, the second is the second, are exceptions. So Lachura, this is Rav, says, Chadash Mamash, it was Mamash, a new king. And Vachadamar, Shenes Chadshuk if it was not a new king, but he acted as if he's a new king. He made complete new decrees instead of him acknowledging the greatness and the glory and the power that Yosef, the Jew, Right? The son of Yisrael brought to Mitzrayim. He completely forgot about that. It's good to note that the Maharal of Prague says that even according to the opinion that says, it doesn't necessarily mean it was the same physical party that behaved like a new king. Because if that would be the case, and this is the party, and this is the party that, that was alive during the ten Makis, so it must be that he lived for hundreds of years. And it's hard to accept that such a wicked person had such a long life. So he just, he, was, he explains the Maral that in Egypt, Parais were dynasties. So even the one, no, it's Chadash Mamash means a new dynasty. 
Taka New Dynasty. And the other opinion that says that, that he made new decrees, it wasn't that it was the same Parai, but he was of the same dynasty. And the question is, why didn't you remember what he did to your Zayda? And for this, the answer is that he made his heart hard. Chadash means new, a different king, a new dynasty. Why doesn't he read the Pasik literally? There has to be a reason. Because since the Loich Siv, the Pasik doesn't write Vayamas Vayim Loich as the Torah does in many other places, that implies that he didn't die. It was the same line of Parais. Then it says, Asher Loyada Es Yosef. He did not know Yosef, meaning, according to the one that says, that it's not a new king, to have a dome, it was as if, he told his people, behold, the Bnei Yisrael, right, he continued, right, are more numerous, and they are stronger, we learned in Abraisa, that who, that Paroi convened the group of people to discuss the Jewish problem. And he was the one that gave his opinion first. And this is something of a novelty, as the Marshal says, that we find by the Sanhedrin whenever a person was being judged, whenever there was a capital case. So you begin Dafke with the least prominent one in order for everyone to feel comfortable to opinionate. Because if the head of the Sanhedrin would say his opinion first, most people will feel intimidated. Ah, if that's what he thinks, he's probably right. So normally, this is not only the etiquette of the Sanhedrin, but that is the Minaka Elam. Here, Parai hated the Jewish people so much that he was the one that gave his opinion first. And therefore, therefore he was punished first. Where do we find that he was the first one to give an opinion as to what to do? unfortunately, to the Jewish people. Because it says, he spoke to his people. Obviously, that wasn't an advisor. That was him. Because he, only to Pari can you say the word Amoy. And therefore, and where do we find that Pari was smitten first? By the second Makkah of the frogs. And there it says, Don't forget that by Makkah's dam, you couldn't afflict one person before the other. Because everything turned into blood. It's blood for everyone. But when it comes to frogs, and frogs are starting to invade, there, yeah, you invade one point in space before the other. They invaded him first. Now, what did he say? He said, Come, let us act wisely concerning, concerning it. Concerning it? Concerning them. Let us think what we can do, so to say, right, to outsmart the Savior of the Jewish people. With what should we met out judgment against the Jewish people? In other words, met out judgment without getting retribution from Hashem. Should we make a decree that should kill us with fire? He understood that. And God, he knows, certainly has a power over fire. Because it says, Hine Hashem ba'esh yavoy. Or v'ksiv ki ba'esh Hashem nishpoit. As my Zayda would wonder always, no, did Pari know these psukim? But no, as I get it, so somehow, some part of him knew these psukim, he knew. Ubacherev, if he is going to, he thought, should I make a decree to hurt the Jewish people with the sword? Ksiv, it says, Ubacherev, yes, kolbasa. That God with his sword is going to fight against all the people, all flesh. 
Ella, he decided, let us met our judgment against the Jewish people with water. Why? Because God already swore that he will never bring a flood to the whole world. As it says, interestingly, he didn't quote a Pasuk from Chumash. He didn't know Chumash, he knew Nach. Okay? I... But they didn't know that God's oath was not to bring a flood to the entire world. I'm sorry, but on one nation, who maybe? Number one and number two, Inami, who ain't a maybe? What, 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 what was the end story? That even on one nation, God did not bring water. God did not bring the water on them. They were the ones that ran into the water themselves. And that's the meaning of the Pasik. They were fleeing towards the water. And behind what's the meaning of the Pasik? When he met right? He says, now, now he woke up. Now he knows, right? And why does he know? Because ki with the thing. Asher zodu aleim. In other words, he was impressed with the midah. Keneged midah. So the literal translation of zodu is schemed. It was the same concept with the same thing, which was with the water, that they schemed against us by drowning our sons in the water. They drowned in the water. Says the Gemara, Zadu doesn't only mean to scheme, that the word Zadu means a pot. He says with the same pot, that Hashem used the same pot. Pot is a, is a good metaphor because you use to cook. What do you need to cook? What goes in a pot? Mayim. Huh? How do we know that the word Zadu doesn't only mean to scheme, it also means a pot? So the Gemara says, no. That, how do we know that Lishna dictator who? Because it says, Vayazit Yaakov Nazid, that Yaakov cooked a dish. That you should know that, yeah, Pari was the first one that gave advice, but he was not sitting by himself. He was speaking to a group of people. Says the Gemara, says Rapsimai, Shloy Shahoy Boysa Eitzah. There were three people in that evil council. Bilam, Eoiv, right, the paradigm of a suffering person, and Yisroi. Bilam, Shiyoatz, Bilam, that joined this evil idea, evil council. Nerag, ultimately, Mida Kaneged Mida, he was punished. Eov, Sheshasak, Eov stayed there and was quiet. Nidan be Yisurim. He was when a person is afflicted, what do they do? They shout. So for silence, he needed to shout. Yisrael protested. He protested in a wiser way. You know, you can tell Pari, don't do that, and stay there and get killed. Or you can run out and protest and save your life, which is what he did. So since he went away from being a counselor to a king, what's the Midah That his grandchildren were counselors to God, to the king, who are God's counselors, so to say, the Sanhedrin. He was the one rendering halachic judgments. That that his grandchildren were merited. He merited that his grandchildren, that they sat, in the chamber of Hood Stone, which is the chamber where the Sanhedrin sat. How do we know that Yisrael merited to have Enochlach in the Sanhedrin? Because it says that that families of the scribes who were Yoshve Ya'abates, Ya'abates, 
It's not that they were living in a place called the Yabetz. Yoishve means the students of Yabetz. Yabetz was the judge who was Osniel ben Kenaz, that he was the one that took the place of Yehoshua ben Nun. And who were the names of the families that were students of Yabetz? Tir Osim, Shim Osim, Soichosim. And they are the Kinim. That's the key word here. And they come from Hamas. And who are they? They are the father of the house of Rechaz. So they were Kinim. Who are Kinim? Who are the Kinim? Who's the Kini? Yisrael had seven names. And we know that one of his names was Uksivu. Kine was the father-in-law of Moshe. So here we see clearly that his grandchildren, right, they were members of the Sanhedrin. Continues the Gemara. V'nilcham banu that he was worried, Pari says, that they will wage a war against us. And va'Allah, and we, va'Allah means, right, we will go up from the land. I'm sorry, va'Allah means, and it will go up. It will rise in the land. Now, what, what, was, what should have been the words? Pari was afraid that they will rebel against him, and they will expel us, the Egyptians, from the land. Not they will leave the land, we will leave the land. It's like a person wanting to utter a curse on himself, and he doesn't even want to say it. So he hangs the curse on someone else. Ironically, what he said came true, because they ultimately we rebelled against the Egyptians and we left the land. Mamish, like he said. Then he says, "Vaisimu Allah that he appointed on us sodeimisim means task masters." So the question is, why does it say he appointed a love on it? It should have said that he appointed on them. The taskmasters, the Sarimisim, were appointed on the Jewish, on the Bnei Yisrael. Alei answers the Gemara Tana Devei Elazar. Berab Shimon, Melamed, know that he had someone hang a brick on his neck. Shemehevi Malbain. That a brick mold was brought, and it was hung on his neck. In other words, it was common that people used to hang their profession from their neck. The minute continues today in many communities on rings. To be mevinim, what, what ring? If you're a doctor, you have a zar ring, you're a lawyer, you have another ring. You have this very common in many countries. So there they used to have a necklace. So Pari hung a brick mold on his neck to show that he is also doing the work of building. And v'cholecha the echad mi'israel sh'amar. And whenever a Jew, a Bnei Yisrael, after he was asked to start building, if he would say, that I'm of delicate nature, I'm a professional. I want to work, I want to be, uh, work with my mind, not with my hands. So, are you more delicate, more finicky than Pari? Pari is working. Pari has this uh, necklace. That means he's working with, with building. So, Gamatim. Again, Sarimisim means a task master. So says the Gemara, it also implies something that coerces. In other words, there was a technique, there was a psychological technique that was employed that coerced us to start working. In order to afflict him, again, to afflict him with their burdens. So the same question, it was in order to afflict them, answers the Gemara. No. Laman that they afflicted Paroi him with regard to the burdens of the Jewish people. Bisfiloisim the Yisrael. 
They build literally miskenos means storage houses. So again, Rav Shmuel, one of them says, and here we're going to have that it puts their masters in danger. Rashi says, what was the danger? That because of their cruel affliction, this is when their seal, their fate was sealed to be drowned in the Yamsuf later. So them oppressing us put them in danger. Then the Masha brings a better, another interpretation that building is a dangerous business. It's building is something that brings danger to builders. A person can fall off something tall, you can get something falling on you, etc. And the Chadomar, that the word miskinoi storage also hints, that it impoverishes, it makes poor its owners. You want to become poor? Start building. And that's a rule in building. Whenever you build, whatever you think it's going to cost, it's always going to cost a lot more. Kind of welcome to make an appeal, we're building up. So I make them. Whatever we thought it's going to cost, it's costing a lot more. As state in the Gemara, and we need your help. To Amar Mar, whoever occupies himself with building, mimaskin becomes poor. As an interesting thing, whoever is oisig bebingin, whoever is occupied in building becomes poor. So what's the solution? To build quickly. Don't be don't be so misasik in it. The quicker you finish, the less it's going to cost you. Correct, and that's what everyone. It's Badekomenusa. Right, as piece of Islam says, so they built cities called Pisoim and Amseis. So again, Ravushmol. One, one of them say Pisoim was the name of the city. And why was it called in Amseis? Sherishan, Rishan, Misroisis. Because one bit at a time it would crumble. And this, like the Marsha says, the one that says that building is dangerous because building crumbles. So it falls, it can hurt you. And the Chad Omar, Ramsay Shema, the name of the place was Ramsay's. And why did they call it Pisoim? Because the mouth of the depth swallowed it. Ah, that is no danger. In other words, when you're building in a place where things get swallowed in the ground, you're not going to get hurt, but you're going to get poor. Because whatever you're building is being swallowed in the ground. Then the passage continues, but as much as they would afflict it, again, it, so would they increase and spread out. And this passage, right, is written in the future tense. And the question is, the trader should have written it in the past tense, like a fact, that the more we were afflicted, the more we increased. Not the more we will increase. So the Gemara says, no, that's exactly the point. That when the Egyptians were, were making decrees with the intent of making us small, of God forbid destroying us, at that time, God announced that the more you will afflict them, the more they will increase, and the more they will spread out. Vayikutsu means they despised. So says the Gemara, Vayikutsu also means thorns, that we, the Bnei Yisrael, were like thorns in the eyes of the Egyptians. Vayavidu Mitzrayim, as Bnei Yisrael, and the, and the Mitzrayim, enslaved the Bnei Yisrael, turning to the Afyadal from the base, Beferech, what does Beferech mean? So here we have a Machlekes. Rabbi Elazar says, Beferech, Look inside the first Rashi in the Amid, that that they, they draw us into work with words, and with good salary. In other words, we were induced slowly to work. Rabbi Shmuel Banachmeni says, no, with crushing labor. Now, in this Pasuk, there's a Machlekes, what it means. But the next time the trader writes the words, as the Gemara is going to say, 
There for sure, the fetach means with crushing labor. And they embittered their lives with hard work, with mortar, and with bricks, etc. You know, we're pointing out that we were induced slowly. First, we worked with Chaymen and Lovenim. Chaymen and Lovenim is the construction business. It's, it's manual, but there's more dignity to it. And at the end, in working in the field, is more demeaning than working in the construction business. It's a farmer. And here, when the Torah concludes, and all of the work that we worked with Perech, What's the Beferech? Here, Beferech must mean Fricha. It must mean crushing labor. Why must it mean crushing labor here? Because the Torah uses the words Vayimaru. We were bittered because of it. And what's the crushing labor? That work of men were given to women. Work of women were given to men. Says the Medrash Tanchuma that men were told to nido and to bake. And women were told to chop, to chop wood and to draw water, as the Gemara will say. Now, even according to Rabbi Lazar, the first time the Titus uses the words beferech, there it means that we were induced with, with, you know, with, with words, gently. But over here, because of the word vayimaru, vadai, it must mean pricha, crushing labor. Dorash Rabavira. So Rabavira expounded that beschar noshem sitkani is that in the, in, in the reward of, because of the righteous woman, that lived during that time, the Jewish people were redeemed from Egypt. Why were we redeemed from Egypt? So first of all, the interpretation is, is that the Jewish women were faithful to their husbands. Which is why we are also called a nation of a dove, of a yaina, because in the animal kingdom, in the bird kingdom, the birds that are faithful to each other are their doves. That's why Karbanis came from that species only. And then you have another interpretation that just like we find in the Gemara that ain't ben David ba, there's a place in the heaven called Guf. And there it's a storage of all the Neshamas. And all of those Neshamas have to come into this world. And only when that storage, Guf, in the heavens, empties out because everyone is born, that's when Mashiach will come. Same thing over there. In other words, that they made an extra effort to have even more children, even during those times. And really, we were supposed to be there for 400 years. Why were we there for less time? Because there were many more Jews. So both the Avedah of Birurim was accomplished quicker because there were more people. And even the physical hard labor, more B'nai Yisrael had hard labor. It accumulated. So there, having children is what affected the earlier redemption. And, what, and how did they make sure that there are even more B'nai Yisrael? That when they went to draw water, as we just learned, that Meleches Anashim was Lenashim, physical labor. They were the water carriers. And Hashem made a miracle that in their jugs came in many, many small fish. And when they used to draw that water, there were so many fish and small fish bring restore a person's health. Right? We learned this in Mesechtas Brachas. Mechza maim mechza dogim. Mamash, half of the bucket was water, half of the bucket was fish. Uba'ois, vishoisvois, shtekedeiros, and they used to place two pots, basically on an oven, on a stovetop. Acha sholchamen, one was to warm up the water, and one was to cook the fish. 
looks like all of the uh, medicinal advantages of small fish is dafka not when you have sushi. You have to have it cooked. And um, they used to bring it to their husbands in the field. Um, they used to bathe them. They used to anoint them. Um, the fish. Um, the hot water. So then the husbands got their strength back. And then they were together. What's not mentioned here, what's mentioned later in Chumash is that they used to have mirrors. And they used to look at themselves and their husbands together in the mirror. And they used to get their husbands to live with them. However, when they had a relation, they had it, this is important, Bain, Shifatayim. They had it in between the borders of the fields. Watch what the borders of the field. We'll learn this a lot in the Zikin. That at the end of every field, they didn't put fences. It was very expensive. They used to make a little mount of earth that was higher than the rest to note that's the end of my field. So whenever we are two neighboring fields, I had my mount on my side. A little mount that went all the way in the length of the border. You had your mount on the other side. So in between the Shifatayim, there was modesty. No one can see. So there was a double schus. First, the very fact that they made all this effort to have more children. And on top of that, they made sure that when they were, they were together in a modest way. as it says in Tishkevun, Ben Shifatayim, that because... You laid in between the borders. So the passage continues that right? That the wings of the dove of the Jewish people was then covered, was coated in silver. And, and, and which means the flying wings, the outer feathers, is that we went out with Egypt with silver and gold. That, that was because of the modesty. Because we had kids, we went out of Egypt early. But because we were modest, we merited all of the wealth from Egypt. I, Hashem, had already promised Avram Avinu that we're going to leave with the Rechush Gadol. Evidently, whatever we got was a lot more than the promise. As it says, the end of this Pasuk, that the wings of the Jewish people, we were coated or was covered with silver. And and our wings, our flying wings, is covered with, with shining with brilliant gold. Once they got pregnant, why did they go home once they got pregnant? Because really there's a halacha that during times of suffering, people should not engage in activities that are considered of luxury. But that does not take away the mitzvah of having children. So when it was simply to have children, they were with their husbands. Once they got pregnant, they went back home. And they keep in And once the time came for them to give birth, and it was this decree to kill all the Jewish boys, so they didn't have the luxury of giving birth the way we do today. They went into the fields, and they gave birth under apple trees. As it says, and that's the meaning of the Pasuk in Shira Shirim, that under the apple tree, I woke you up, I roused you. In other words, the children did not want to leave the womb of their mothers. They understood the suffering in the world then. But it was Kaviyachal Hashem that was there telling the children, come out. And Hashem sent from up high, me, someone that should clean the child. Umeshaper was something very common then. Meshaper literally means to straighten out a child. In other words, when children are born, this happens uh, often today, when a child cannot fit out, sometimes one of the collarbones are broken. And then 
the way that they adjust the child's bones immediately after birth is very important for that child to grow up healthy. Also, when a child is born, you need, to, you need to have a sheep, you have to have a strengthening of the bones. To strengthen, and they had no one there. So whatever needed to be done, Hashem did for them. Mamish kechayizu, Hashem acted like a midwife. Shemeshaperes asavala, that strengthens the limbs of the child. Shenemer, and that's the meaning of the Pasuk, that umoy doisayich biyoyim huledes, that in regard to your birth, on the day you were born, oisach loy choras shorech, that no one was there to cut your umbilical cord. That no one was there to wash you in water. In other words, there was no one else there. I was there, God says. No one smoothed your skin. And not only did Hashem take them out, strengthen them out, clean them up. Hashem gathered two igulim. Says Rashi, igulim ke'ein kikar agul. Hashem brought to them something like a round loaf of bread. And one of them was of oil. And one of them was of honey. Shenem, and as it says, Vayani kehu, that Hashem gave us to suckle the vash misela, that we suckled honey from a stone, and vishemen mechalumish tzur, and an oil from a flintstone. In other words, there was no mother to nurse us. So miraculously, Hashem provided something in our mouths that gave us both honey and oil. Maybe you should try it out today, a new formula. I don't know if anyone, maybe that's even just as good as. Or not, or that, that honey was good. That oil is good. But our human honey, and once the Egyptians chapped, there were so many pregnant Jewish women. Where are they? They must have given birth out in the fields. They went out there to find the children and to kill them in the fields. And God made a miracle that these children were swallowed in the ground. In a good way. Now, when the Egyptians witnessed that, they were not intimidated by miracles. You see these nisim, back up, no. They brought oxen, and they plowed on top of those places, as it says in the Pasuk, on my back, there were plowers, etc. And once the Egyptians left, they would spring forth and come out, like the grass of the field, as it says, that revava, that Hashem says, I made you revava, I made you numerous, right? Like the plants of the field. Because we, Pashat came out like the plants of the field. And they came in Shemesh Gadlin, and once we grew up, there were flocks and flocks, groups and groups. Many that came to their homes. How did they know what home to go to? As it says, that you increase and you grow and you came with ornaments upon ornaments. So says the Gemara, don't say, don't say that you came with ornaments. You came with flocks, that there were thousands and thousands of children that were born with this nest. They were raised by God Almighty and they came home. And therefore, when Hashem revealed Himself during the, the, the miracle of, of Yamsuf, of the splitting of the sea, they recognized God first. Because God raised them. And that's the meaning of the Pasuk. Zeh. Zeh is a word that can, you can only say when you can see something and point with your finger. That they pointed to the Shekhin and they says, Ah, that's my God and I will beautify Him. They knew it because they, they were raised by Hashem. 
Then the Pasuk continues, that the king of Egypt told to the, to the Chayas, right? To the uh, midwives from the Ivriyos, that was one of the names of our nation. And the Torah says, Asher Shem Ha'achas Shifra, V'Shem Hashem is So the commentators say, since the Torah calls one Achas and the other one is called Shenis, that implies that one was greater than the other. It wasn't two equals. Two equals are not Achas and Shenis. It's Achas Achas. Achas v'shenis. Oh, so who was, so who, what's that, an older one and a younger one? A more prominent and a less prominent, a politics. So who is that? So Rabbi Shmuel says, oh, either it was a mother and a daughter. So even though the daughter is great, but since it's her mother, the mother is the achas, right? And the daughter is the shenis. And the chadamah, I heard a good word on this. I forgot from whom I heard it. That the Gemara says now, kalo so the daughter-in-law and the mother-in-law. So note that when it comes to the mother and daughter, who's mentioned first? The mother, right? The mother is mentioned. The mother and the daughter. When it comes to a daughter-in-law, who's mentioned first? A wise person will mention the daughter-in-law first. It'll be more shalom bias. But, right, but now the mother just does it once. So the man, the Amar Isho Bita, if it was mother and daughter, who was it? Yechavit and Miriam. And if it was Kalavachamaisa, the daughter-in-law and the mother-in-law, who was that? See, here we change the order. Yechavit and Elisheva. Now, don't forget, at that time, at that time, Moshe wasn't born yet. That means Aaron was two years old. So she had a daughter-in-law. Either he got married two years old, or she was the designated daughter-in-law to be. So it was either Yechavit and Miriam or Yechavit and Elisheva. Right. She was older than him. Oh. Yeah. L'chayda, she was older than him. Or if she was the daughter-in-law to be, then she was not. Okay. They made Shaduchim like Hasidim make today. You understand? When they're born, they already decide, Milam, the Basko Eliyotzes. Or even, or even before, oh, Tanya, we learned. Now, Tanya, Kamando Amar, Isho Bita, Abraisa says, interprets as the opinion, as that's the source of Isho Bita. The Tanya, Shifra, right, the name that God gave goes to Yechevet. And why is she called Shifra? Shemis Shaperes, again, the word Shaperes means she straightens. That's what midwives did. Shemis Shaperes, Es Havlat, Dover Achar, Shifra. The word Shifra comes from the root. Of, of, of multiplying. That, be, that because of her and in her time, we multiplied tremendously. Pua, Pua goes to Miriam. Why? Either Shahaisa Poya. Poya means she made sweet sounds. And she cried out sweet sounds to children. You communicate with children. You think that children don't understand what you're saying. So you speak to them, not as sounds you make to them. I wonder what they think. And over Achar, that poor means that that she constantly was crying out. And she was saying, that my mother will give birth to the son, that will save the Jewish people. And because of her prophecy, Amram remarried Yochavet. And what did Padre tell them? That when you are giving birth to the Jewish women, so he told them, right? You should look at the stones. And then he told them, that So my Avonim, what are the stones that they were to look at? So Omar Rabchonon says, Rabchonon, Simon Godul Masolahem. That Paroi gave them a tremendous secret uh, piece of information, a sign. What was a sign needed? 
He was telling them to murder their sons. How do you think the mothers would react? So that plan, he, he thought they're going to listen to him. But for that plan to work, the mothers have to trust these midwives. So they have to kill the children before they come out, before they are born. But he only wanted the sons to die. So you have to know many things. You have to know when is the moment before birth, how to figure out before the baby comes out who's the boy, who's the girl. And if, God forbid, they would have followed these simanim, they would have been able to kill the child before the child comes out, and people wanted to blame the midwives. Also, the mourning that a parent would feel would be lessened, etc. Amalami told them that that the moment before a woman puts herself in the position that she did to give birth, her thighs become cold like stone. So there are many false warnings. A woman thinks, oh, the baby's about to come. But when is the baby taka about to come? You can notice it for a midwife when the mother who's giving birth, when her thighs become cold or hard like stones. Other people say, there's a pasik that speaks about a potter. And we're describing how a potter puts together pots. So he had a certain type of piece of wood that he used to sit on. And he used to sit on it the way we ride a horse. In other words, the, the one leg here and one leg there. Then there was a stick protruding. And on it he used to put bowls of clay. And when he's manipulating the clay, when it's right in between his legs, no one knows what he's doing. No one sees what he's doing. So that is the meaning of the simon. In other words, he was telling them, kill them before the mothers will notice that they were healthy and you kill them. This beam is in the middle. And at that time, that's the way the Marsha interprets, no one will notice what you're doing. So kill them. But he only wanted to kill the sons. And if he's telling them a simon, kill them before they come out, how would you know? How do you know if it's a son or not? Maybe it's a daughter. So in Bein Huva Amitem again, Omer Abchanina, Simen Gadol Masalahem, that Ben, Pan of Lamata, that a son will emerge with his face facing down, and Bas, and a girl, and a daughter, will come out with her face facing up. Why is that so? That's so because during the act of Bia, that is the modest position, that the, 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 the man's face is down, and it's Panim al Panim, right? Hula Maila Vihila Mata, and her face is facing up. And it says that the midwives, they feared God, and they did not do Kashi Dibra Alayim Elch so, so ask the Gemara that to them, the, the normal common word to them is Lohen. The word Alehem is similar to the word when it says in the Torah regarding an act of cohabitation, Vayavoy Eleha. So it implies that there was some type of uh, attempt between Pari and them to be together. See, exactly. That Pari wanted to have a relation. Pari was trying to seduce them. Why was Pari trying to seduce them? Because here we see the terrible spiritual consequence of a Jew, God forbid, having any relation ever with a non-Jew. That if they would have had a relation with a guy, then they would have been more open to committing all this murder. To listening to Pari. But being that they never had any contact with him, so that... That klipa never went into them, and they were able to stand the Mesiras Nefesh because they were defined Paroi, and not they survived it. That was Benes, and Bechachma, and Benes, and they never did what Pari told them to do. And Vatechayena Esayelodim. 
So we learned in Abraisa, they gave life to children. That it's not only that they didn't listen to Pare by not killing. That they gave extra life. That they went out of the way to make sure that all of the children, the boys and the girls, should live a Yiddish life, should be brought up as Jews. And they justified themselves. They told Paroi, Kiloi Kanoshim, Hamitsriois, Hoivriois, right? That the Ivriois, Miloshan, Ivri, because Avram was a descendant from Aver. Aver also means Me'aver Layam, that we are not like them. What are we? Kichoyois Heino. We are Chayas. Now, Chayas literally means midwives. So asks the Gemara, my Chayas or Chayas, Ilema Chayas Mamish, were they telling Pari that all of the Jewish women are midwives? So what? Doesn't the midwife, when she gives birth, she also needs a midwife? What Yechevet and Miriam or Yechevet and Elisheva told Paroi is that we are like Chayas, like in Yiddish. We're animals. We're wild animals. Wild animals don't need a midwife. And where do we find, since Paroi evidently, this Paroi knew all the Psukim, so they quote a Psukim. It says, over here, that uh, that Nimshla, Gachai Nimshla, Yehuda, it says, Gur Aryeh, we're like a, a cub, a small lion. Don, we learned that yesterday. He done Nachash, that Don is like a serpent. Naphtali is called a Ayola Shalucha, a loose, a free hind. Yisachar is called Chamoid Gorem, a strong boned donkey. Yosef is the Bechar. Why is Yosef the Bechar? Because when Yaakov had his first relation, who did he think he was with? He thought he's with Rachel. So that's why Rachel's first son had some type of connection to the Bechairah. He was called an ox. Binyamin is called Ze'ev Yitrov, a wolf who devours. And now the Gemara continues, the Ksivbei, Ksivbei. Those Shvatim that have a name of an animal connected to them in the Torah, we just quoted that. Udalai Ksivbei, and even the other tribes, they are also connected to Chayas because it says that Ma Imcha, oh, how your mother, how the mothers of the Jewish people is like a lovey. They are like a lioness. Ben Arroyos Rafsa crouching amongst lions. So if our mom is a lioness, we're all wild animals. And Vahoyu Kiyoro Hamayalis Esolikim, that being that they feared God. So the Pasik says, Vayaslehem Batim, that God made for them houses, homes. What are the homes? Ravu Shmuel. And here Marsha explains that this Machlekes is connected to the previous Machlekes, as I'll explain. One of them say, Bate Kona The homes are houses of Kona House Who's Kona Who's Kona So if you have, if you have, if you have Elisheva, that's why Elisheva, Elisheva and the mother-in-law. Correct? Correct. Elisheva's Aaron, the Kona and Levia is your Chavit. We'll see Malchus is Miriam. Miriam gave birth to kings. David is a descendant from Miriam. And this is going to open up the sugya that we're going to learn in Hashem already in tomorrow's daf. How do we know that David came from Miriam? Because it says, Thomas Azuva. And here we're going to see that Miriam had different names. One name is called Azuva. Azuva means abandoned. Miriam went through a period of time where she became very sick. She had leprosy and she was abandoned. And her husband, Kalev, took care of her 
and he made her better, and then he remarried her. He, not, not that he, he ever got divorced, but Mikan, the concept of making up another, another chupa, that Vatamas Azuva, Azuva died, not literally. And, I'm sorry, Kalev. Kalev was the husband of Miriam. So first she was called Azuva. So Kalev married her. And then after she got better, it says again, One of her other names of Miriam is Efrat. Efras means to multiply from Peru. And Vatei de Loyes Chur. And they, had, they, they together had a child called Chur. And it says, David ben, I, David ben Ish Efrasi. So since David is Ben Ish Efrasi, is Araya. Ah, who does he come from? He comes from Miriam. So the Bate, if it's the mother and the daughter, who, did she, who is the daughter? Malchus. The only question is, why is Yecheved the one who God, Bate Leviad, asks the Masha, that's connected to Yecheved? Kohona is connected to Elisheva. Exclusively. Maybe Bishchus Miriam came David, part of the Shus. But Leviim, they're, they're not the only Leviim. So the answer is the Marsha, because Yocheved and Amram, they were separated. And be, part of her merit, why Amram remarried her, and they had Moshe Rabbeinu, that's the Bati Leviim, was Bishchus, that she defied the decrees of the time, and she had fear of God, Emir Tzashem, to be continued. I have a distinct... Literally is that we don't know who said which one. Yeah, but at least the whole, and throughout the whole thing, one is connected to the other. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying it's good to also the call Omer Dover B'Shem Amre, and whenever the Gemara doesn't remember, but it's like, so it, like yeah, basically. Mamish, Mamish, he been out of there. That's the words. Yeah, you're gonna see. We'll learn tomorrow. You'll see. You'll see tomorrow. The whole thing. Everyone, we're gonna go back to every single one over here. Chur was killed in the desert and he protested that he told him, they stoned him to death. Adam B'chur, Adam B'chur.